0: Welcome to Start Here, Go Everywhere. I am Linda Moyo, an alumna of Jobs for America's graduates. On this podcast, we bring you incredible guests from all walks of life, offering the skills to educate, inspire, and challenge you to succeed in both school, on the job skills, and in personal life, leading to productive and rewarding careers. What is going on everybody? I have with me the first ever National Career Association President, Raya Klima. How are you, Raya? I'm good. How are you? I am doing good. I am so excited to get to sit down with you and to hear a little bit about your JAG story and also to talk about this huge accomplishment that just happened a little over around a month ago now. So I just want to get started by you telling me how you got into JAG.
1: So I joined JAG in seventh grade because there was a teacher that came while I was in sixth grade and just kind of like, introduced us to the program said hey this is what we do if you want to take it as an elective go for it and I decided to take it just because I thought that it would be fun and I had never heard of it before obviously and I never could have predicted just how far it would bring me
0: yeah and so you officially started it in seventh grade right you got introduced to it in sixth grade and then started in seventh grade so from seventh grade all the way to twelfth grade what's like one of the most surprising things or one of the most uh, influential or important things that JAG has helped you with?
1: Honestly, JAG has really helped me find my passion, whether that be helping people or like speaking to people in the public speaking sense, and also leadership. Like, I don't think I would be nearly as outgoing as I am now if I hadn't joined JAG in seventh grade.
0: So tell me a little bit about some of the leadership things that you have been involved with all throughout the years.
1: So I started my leadership stuff in eighth grade. I didn't do anything in seventh grade because I missed a lot of school on and off because of some medical issues. But in eighth grade, I was Mm -hmm. a class chair, which was basically we had two junior high kids that would go with the high schoolers to LDC and to events like that, and It really was just a good experience for me because it finally put me in front of everyone else and kind of gave me the opportunity to be like, hey, I want to do something for you guys if you'll let me. And then it just kind of progressed from there. I mean, I was a regional officer every year of high school. I was the vice president Mm -hmm. for two years, secretary for one year, and then I was the president my senior year. And there's just been so many different things. Like even at the local level, I've done several different officer Mm -hmm. positions like vice president and president.
0: Yeah. So tell me about all these conferences that you have participated in, whether that's the CDC or the LDC. What was that experience like, aside from that leadership push?
1: So the first conference I ever went to was the Leadership Development Conference when I was in eighth grade. And it was a whole new thing for me. I was really nervous because it was the first time where I was going somewhere where I was going to meet kids that weren't from my school. And a lot of them were high schoolers, like not everyone was a junior high kid there. So Mm -hmm. it was really kind of grounding to be around all of these people and be like, Oh, my gosh, I'm the youngest person here, but I'm still able (laughs) to interact with them on that level. And it like introduced me to like motivational speakers and just a lot of different Mm -hmm. aspects of going to those events, such as the meeting people, which is always my favorite part. I love talking to people, I love making friends. And then my freshman year, I actually went to that year's leadership development conference and ran for vice president as a freshman which no one else had ever done at that age and after that they actually Mm -hmm. changed it so that you had to be a senior like incoming senior Ah. so I was the youngest person to ever run for that position and even though I didn't win it just gave me that push to continue to try and then I ended up getting state vice president my senior year which just kind of made it come full circle full circle
0: (laughs) of course You know, something that I really like about you is that you're not afraid to, like, try new things, to step out of your comfort zone and just be a leader and be in those leadership roles and environments. And now I am so curious, how did you find out about this new thing that JAG was doing this year, the National Career uh, Development Conference, where you know, we were created or we did create this thing called the NCA, the National Career Association, which you're now part of. So tell me how that journey started. So
1: I was a state vice president and, you know, I got to do a lot of things in Kansas and it just kind of kept fueling my desire to want to find a way to stay in the JAG program. And I wasn't really sure how I was going to do that, but I knew that I was going to make it happen. And then Bev Mortimer. The vice president of programming for JAG Kansas, she sent me a text and or actually she called me. I was at work and she called me and she was like, hey, (laughs) I think that you can run for this national office position. And I was just like, Mm -hmm. absolutely mind blown. I was like, this could not have come at a better time. Like, this is all I've wanted to do since I was an itty bitty freshman. I just I wanted to be up there with all the people. And my first specialist will tell you that that I said my freshman year that I wanted to be the face of JAG in some way at some point in my life and I I kind of did that I guess I mean it's a it's a team of officers and I'm really excited to work with all of them but it was just a really crazy process where I kind of found out about it and then it was like oh we don't know if we're gonna let you do it because we don't know what the costs are gonna look like and then I ended up getting to do it and I've never been happier (laughs)
0: So tell me about being at the conference, the experience, were you uh, involved in any other competitions or were you mainly concentrating on running uh, for this presidency? How was that like for you? So
1: I actually was competing in public speaking, which technically officers are not supposed to compete. Like if you're running for office, you're not supposed to compete. However, they were willing to make an exception this year just because it's the first year and everything's kind of being sorted out. And so I competed in public speaking. I didn't place, but that was my second time competing nationally in the public speaking Mm -hmm. event. So it was just a good experience to get to be there. And then, like I said earlier, the people meeting everyone from all over the States, not just Kansas was like really special to me. I mean, I got to know some people from Kentucky, like we shared crumble cookies together (laughs) and there's just been so many positive experiences (laughs) from those single four or five days.
0: Yeah. Tell me about now the speech that you had to do uh, to run to become president. Was there a certain question that you had to answer or what did you put in there?
1: So we were just told that we needed to come up with a campaign speech. And I had written several of those before just because of all of my past leadership positions. So I kind of just took all of them and meshed them together together. And I had written one before I went just because I'm overly prepared about those things. Like, I don't really like to speak on the spot. I can, but I'd much rather have like note cards in front of me so that I know if I get lost or sidetracked that I have something to reference. So then we got there Mm -hmm. and I found out that it could only be two minutes. I didn't know that there was a limit. So my speech was too long. So then I went back and I cut some Uh... stuff out, but I wrote on the note cards like, hey, if you end up having extra time, here's something you can put in. And then I got up to the podium to actually give my speech. And they told me I had four minutes instead of two. So (laughs) I did have to ad lib a little bit. And it was very nerve (laughs) wracking. But
0: evidently, people were okay with what I said. So, Hey, that's good. Do you remember part of your speech? I would like love I know you don't like being put on the spot. But I would (laughs) love to hear like little snippets of it.
1: I really for my speech, I just kind of told my Jack story. I talked about how I've been in the program for six years and how I've always Mm -hmm. really loved being a leader, and I also kind of talked about how I hope that as the president of this program, I can give a voice to those who feel like they aren't heard all the time, and I just want to make sure that we all can use one voice, whether it be me or any of the other officers, to get what needs said across the table.
0: Mm. Let's talk about that, to give voice to those who either are voiceless or can't, um, how, how would you say it, like? talk for themselves like why do you have that craving uh, to be that role model for people so
1: i really like speaking to others like public speaking is a big passion of mine and i just kind Mm. of throughout the years realized that not everyone has that confidence but a lot of those people still Mm. have something to say and i want those people to know that they can reach out to us and say those things and that we can say it for them if they feel like they can't say it loud enough
0: Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. So with your time now as the president, do you have any hopes or dreams of what JAG as a whole, like the direction that it'll go into?
1: I really hope that this first year, especially, we can create like a good baseline so that then the future Mm -hmm. officers that come in have a set idea of like things that they can do and like reach out in the community. And I really want to unite the JAG program. Obviously, we've always Mm -hmm. been united, like there's several different states in the program. But I feel like there's not always a lot of interaction between the states. And I'd really like to change that. Mm -hmm. I'd like to have maybe we can have a representative get on from a different state and just be Mm -hmm. like, hey, this is what's happening in our state, what's happening in your guys' states, just kind of a thing where we can all share ideas.
0: Oh, that would be so cool. I do think that, you know, bringing all of the 39 states together would be such a powerful thing, especially in sharing ideas, tips and tricks. So I'm excited to see what all of you leaders will accomplish. Now, Raya, you just graduated from high school. How do you feel?
1: Honestly, I don't think it's fully set in yet because, like, I'm still seeing all of my friends. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really moved out of town to go to college yet, and I'm still like working yeah. the same job. And I'm just kind of going through the motions of any regular summer. But then I'm starting to realize, oh, scholarships are going to come out next month, and I'm like having all of these realizations mm-hmm. that make me remember that I'm now a college student, which is just kind of weird. But at the same time, I was a dual credit student for two years, so it's not mm-hmm. that different. But at the same time. It's a whole different experience. Like, I'll be out of school by two o'clock every single day when school starts, which is way earlier than I've ever been out of school before.
0: Right. So you just mentioned something I think is so fascinating. And if I could go back to high school, I definitely would have changed this. I took like two college classes because last minute, like last semester, I found out about this whole dual credit thing where you can get credit for high school and college classes. And most of the times way cheaper or for free even. And so you said you have two years worth of college courses down. So.
1: technically it's a almost a year kind of almost a year and a half so I will only be at community college for one year because I took 24 credit hours throughout the last two years of high school so I did two years worth of college classes but not all of them were for college credit because not every class in my school can be offered for college credit and I would have taken Mm, more my senior year but they changed the requirements so a lot of teachers lost their ability to give us that college credit but I still did as many as mm-hmm. I could and it really is worth it because it's not that college will be super difficult but it's easier because you know the teacher a lot better you've probably had the teacher before and it also mm-hmm. just gives you more time to learn and understand yeah. things better rather college where it's kind of like everything is back to back
0: Exactly so what would be some words of wisdom or advice that you would give to current high schoolers who want to Just follow along your path and do uh, what you did to get all those college classes during high school.
1: So my biggest recommendation is if there is a class that you think you'd be interested in and it happens to be for college credit, like at my school, you can take the class and not take Mm -hmm. the credit. But if you're in a class that's for college credit, just pay for it and take it because it's worth it. Even if it's just taking all of your gen eds in high school. I mean That knocked almost a year off of my college experience. So now I just get to take all of the fun classes that I chose.
0: Exactly. So now when you do start college and you said you're going to go to a community college first, what what does life look like for you uh, going on from here? Uh, what's your major or what do you hope your major to, uh, to be? What do you hope to pursue further other than just college? What does life look like for you, Raya?
1: So... Since I'm going to community college first, mostly because I already have a year done at this community college, so I might as well just finish out that two years and then have a full degree for a transfer. And also, I kind of want to try a little bit of multiple things. So I figured that a community college would be the best option because I can try a little bit of communications, Mm -hmm. a little bit of social science, just kind of a little bit of everything until I'm dead set on exactly what I want to do.
0: Yes, I think that would be a really good idea because I just graduated college and I went to a liberal uh, arts school, meaning that we just took all kinds of classes like I took a class once where I learned how to create like books. It was like an arts and craft kind of class. But I did psychology, I did social work, and I did communications, like all combined. And so there's so much more like possibilities of what you can learn when you get to that college level. And I can't wait to hear all about the classes that you will take moving forward. Um, Raya, before we leave this podcast, I just want to acknowledge you for being such an open person uh, to all these creative and leadership positions, having a job and um, going to all these conferences and just paving the path for all the JAG students and anybody, really. Um, Yeah, you're doing great and you will continue to do great things in your life path. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest themes, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at JAG Students. Thanks again and see you next time.